Hey, party people. Thanks for downloading our podcast, This American Horror Story. This is our review for the eighth episode of American Horror Story Freak Show, and this episode was called Bloodbath, and Lord was it. Not much news up front today, so let's just dive on in. Hello, everybody, and welcome to This American Horror Story, an unofficial podcast about the FX hit show American Horror Story. I am your host, Tyler Moss, here with my cool co-host, Chris Houston. Houston. What's going on, man? <laughs> uh, not much, buddy. Uh, what are you up to? I'm, uh, you know, just hanging out. We're a couple days late. I think we're just kind of coming back from Thanksgiving break and had a lot going on, but we're, I, I don't know about you, I'm excited to talk about this show. Oh, totally. Uh, did, you, did you have a nice holiday? I did. It was great. Brought the girlfriend home. Met the family. It was pretty fun. She got along with them. They loved her. Did some wine tasting. And uh, actually, last night we went to the Jenny Lewis concert, and that was awesome. She's oh, so I bet cool. It was. Uh, it's super cool. How was your How was your holiday? Mine was great. It was very relaxing, which is definitely what I needed. Right. Um, but just I've been playing a little bit of catch up on stuff now. But uh, excited the show's back, and holy shit, we've got a lot of stuff to talk about. Wow, way to way to kick off the return from the holiday. That no this kidding. Episode yeah. was what. Uh, before we begin, as always, we like to remind you that you can check us out on Facebook and join the conversation, facebook.com slash This American Horror Story Podcast. And of course, email us with your questions and comments at This American Horror Story at gmail.com. Also, of course, always on iTunes, rate us, review us, critique us. We appreciate it. And we'll always, uh, trying to improve the show. We enjoy talking and we enjoy, uh, talking with you guys too. So anyway, kicking it off, bloodbath. I want to dive straight into what I've kind of divided into three separate stories. And my Each one interesting. bloodbath. Bloodbath, indeed. I think that was just, well, obviously, <laughs> quite literally. Yeah. Uh, I think when I read the episode name, I didn't realize how literal that was actually going to be. Especially at the end, yeah. But why don't we go ahead and talk about that storyline first? All right. The Mox. So, we kick off this episode. It's where we start and where we end in this episode. Mm-hmm. The Mots, the Mott household. Gloria Mott. Uh, talking, doing some uh, psychotherapy with a therapist, and it seems like this is a new therapist. Um well, at least a new experience for her because it sounds like in the past she didn't really um, – well, I know we know when Dandy was younger she didn't really – she wasn't maybe that involved with his life. And maybe she was in denial about his problems for so mm-hmm. long. But now um, after the you know situations he's kind of put her into, uh, maybe she feels like she finally can't handle it anymore. And so she's, she's going to talk to a therapist um, and the therapist – you know, she's telling the therapist that she won't have Dandy committed. She doesn't want him to go to an asylum, which is interesting that we're talking about asylums here, of course. Right. Uh, but we very interesting conversations, I think, between the therapist and Gloria and later Dandy. Um, and I wrote down a lot of the exact phrasing because I thought it was interesting. Um, but the part where she talks about, I often thought of him as a foreigner. Mm-hmm. And I thought this was really interesting because Dandy says something very similar born later about how he felt basically like a foreigner. And so... Um, you know, obviously this outsider theme is something very common in all of American Horror Story, but rarely have we talked about it so much in terms of like psychologically an outsider, which is clearly the case right. in, in with Dandy. Uh, but then we kind of see some flashbacks, how he didn't understand the word no, um, how he killed animals as a child um, and was friends with the gardener's son, Emil, but one day the boy vanished. Now, I thought this was a really like... 
Tell me, what did you think when we were kind of going through this walk through memory lane with Dandy? Because the way we framed things initially, I thought it was kind of like, you know, Dora had known about some cats dead in the back. And I thought this was like escalating to the first time Dandy really maybe did anything real dastardly. And like, right. that released some inner demon when he finally kind of got his first murder mm-hmm. um, or he, when he teamed up with Twisty, basically. Right. But now we're kind of, you know, we're leading to speculation that maybe he was murdering kids when he was a kid. So what did this make you think? Yeah, I think he killed the gardener's son for sure. But it may not have been like uh, a murderous act. It may have been, a, you know, like how kids will like, you know, kill a frog or or, or like put a salt on a uh, on a slug or magnifying glass on an ant type Ants, thing. yeah. Mm-hmm. Like he maybe wasn't trying to murder, but it, he definitely was responsible for that kid's death. Yeah, well, is how I you, took it. Yeah, I, I, oh, I, I agree absolutely, and I agree with what you said about like you know once he actually committed his first real murder, Dora, that that was kind of the um, the kickoff for him to go on his to completely to to have come to his full evolution as a serial killer, a sociopath. <laughs> And maybe part of it, too, was kind of like the difference between, you know, um, implied murder, like when Emil went missing and stuff like that, or when the cats, whatever that died, you know, um, it was just, it was implied, or obviously, she she probably assumed some part of her assumed that it was Dandy, mm-hmm. but it was never, he never admitted to it, it was never direct, but when now, she can't really deny it when he's showing up at her doorstep covered in blood, you know right. what I mean? Exactly. So now it's like, she, you know, what she was pushing away back in her mind, now she has to face full on and is right. having trouble doing that Even, especially because she still tries to protect uh dandy when the when the the uh psychiatrist asks her is there anything else that you know that he's done and she flashes mm-hmm. back to dora's bird or she's like nope that's it so she's still trying to protect him and like you said though coming to terms with how do i do this um and that's what we get we get um gloria's kind of realization that she can't by the end of the episode Right. But even here at the beginning, she's still trying to protect him to the mm-hmm. point where, you know, the psychiatrist asks if there is any recent incidents. And she says, oh, no, it's mother's intuition, as we see the montage of all the murders right. he's committed so far this season. Um, so and that's kind of that's one of the questions I have. And we talked about a little bit, but I want to what inspired Gloria to wait until now to pursue psychotherapy? And it seemed to stem from this kind of. um I'm trying to remember what exactly how we ended last episode with Dandy because this is obviously the kind of what incited her to seek out therapy. Um, do you remember what the last scene was? He didn't he kill somebody else? He well he killed Matt Bomer's character. Was that the last we've seen of Dandy? I think that might have been the last we saw of him. Was 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 that after um, Dora? The twins left, or was this? Or is he? Oh man. This is what happens when we have a week off. <laughs> yeah, I, know. I don't. I can't remember right now what the order was. I, I mean, I think part of it was him kind of with the twins realizing that, you know, after reading the diary and stuff like that, that he was incapable of love. He seemed to kind of come to that mm-hmm. realization clearly. Uh, and then we, of course, have Gabrielle Sidibe show up, Regina, who has come to look for her mother, Dora. Uh, and Gloria tells this ridiculous story about how Dora went to go buy squash and yeah. hasn't been seen. She's like <laughs> on this expedition to buy squash. What a Which, stupid uh, was, lie. It was a very stupid lie. Very seasonal, though. You know, yeah. squash is, is perfect for autumn. <laughs> yep. Um, so we have Regina kind of in the picture now, too. And it'll be interesting to see 
she, well, it is. She immediately kind of throws a wrench in things mm-hmm. um, because she's kind of calling them out on their cover-ups. Right, right. Uh, she, she, yeah, she's not buying into the BS. I, I, I really like Regina. I think she ultimately could be the one that uh, um, is able to take down Dandy. I think you're right. Um, although, you know, I was nervous for her in the yes. same, or at least in the same space as him right now, especially how you know where. He, He's now completely unrestrained or unfettered. Not mm-hmm. that he was that fettered before, but right now he's um, got carte blanche to do whatever because mom's gone. Exactly. Well, I like that. So I really this is a super entertaining the scene where he's looking at those Rorschach pictures, the ink blots. Yeah. And inside everyone, he's seen these incredibly violent and gory images. <laughs> yeah. Do you think he really seen that, or is he just messing with the guy? I think he's. I mean, I think we're supposed to think that he's really. I mean, he's clearly a sociopath, so I think that he's he really maybe sees those things, but just like doesn't understand what's wrong with it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like he, he he clearly is having like has trouble connecting A and B or connecting like very you know, violent, terrible things with right. how you, that that should be bad. Um, so I kind of felt like, or I kind of felt like that was authentic. Um, now we. Question I had for you after this scene: Why don't we ever see this psych psychologist? I was going to ask you the same thing. Um, I was wondering if there was going to be a reveal, and it might be an actor that we've seen before. But yeah, we don't see him. Um, I'm sure there's some commentary there on like the facelessness of psychotherapy. But yeah, I I didn't think too hard on it, but I did notice that, and I was trying to think of a. A, a little bit, at least, of why they would choose not to show um, that the, this actor's face. But did you have any ideas? Well, one idea I had is maybe we were they were kind of asking us to assume the position of um, oh, our like right. I love you that. know us to assume that position of psychoanalysis, and then you know we're trying to kind of psychoanalyze That's Dandy and Gloria and their relationship as we go forward, and we're kind of stepping into that first person. I think you're 100 um, right. Situation, yeah. Which makes it all the more chilling when Dandy in this next scene, you know, tells the story of New Guinea, this tribe in New Guinea, eating the leaders of the, you know, the tribe that they vanquished um, to gain their and go- knowledge and powers. Right, exactly. Um, he goes into. Oh, hold on one sec. Mm-hmm. Hey, I worked the second half of the day from home. Everyone else was home, but Chris and I are finally recording a podcast real quick. Oh, that's okay. Um, hey, Steph. Yeah. Chris says, hey. And so... Um, I'm anyway. leaving all this in. I'm leaving all this in for the podcast. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, so they talk. So he talks about is it possible to take someone's power by eating their flesh or just by bathing in their blood, which was obviously, like, mm-hmm. kind of seemed out of nowhere, but it was a very chilling mm-hmm. moment, clearly. Yeah. Um. So I don't know. What did you feel when he said that? I, you know, you can see possibly some motivation for why he will start doing things that he does, or the the type of stories he gravitates toward um, and connects with, which are these very disturbing, morbid uh, 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 situations. Um, but it did seem kind of out of the out of the blue to talk about eating people because he hasn't really done that. But the bloodbath. There's a little. Little nod to Hannibal Lecter there, I guess. Right, and zombies. Yeah, but uh, yeah, with the bloodbath, is is there some homage? I mean, I'm sure there's plenty of them. Bathing in blood, um, 
what does that scene make you think of in terms of horror, like other horror movies? I'm mm. trying to think if there's a specific, I yeah. mean, obviously there's movies, you know, I, I, I'm thinking like Carrie where the bucket of blood is like dumped on mm-hmm. her and stuff like that. But I was trying to think of an actual like bath and blood. Yeah. I'm sure nightmare on Elm street had some, some form of that. Um, but mm-hmm. I, also it's not the most popular one, but, um, hostile part two, Eli Roth's, um, mm, okay. there's a part where a woman gets in this like bath tub area and there's a, the girl from the princess diaries is strung up above her and the lady below her has, um, is naked and has a sickle and just starts cutting her up and like <gasps> get her blood. It was so gross. Anyway. Oh yeah. It was so rough. gross. Yeah. Anyway. Um, <laughs> that is gross. So somewhere in here, when he kind of confronts the psychologist at this point in time, he basically um, is catching on that he knows what's you up. know they you know this isn't a genius test or whatever right. he thought it was originally that he's being analyzed by a psychiatrist. So he goes and tells Gloria he's never going to go back to the therapist mm-hmm. um, unless <laughs> unless Gloria kills Regina. Yeah. Um, he's, he's going to blackmail his mom basically. Well, no, it's not really blackmail, but it's just like, he's trying to entice her. Right. And I like, this is a very intense line where he said, if I go to the electric chair, you're going to sit on my lap. I know. I loved that line. That was great. And we're getting so more of that same red color in this one too. Like the red's coming off the Christmas tree here, I mm-hmm. think at this point. Um, was this our Christmas episode? I mean, yeah, I mean, definitely was close to it. There's Christmas happening. I don't know if, you know, we might have more of it next week also possibly, but yeah. Definitely yeah. started, kicked it off. Right. Um, so the tree is giving off that creepy red light, which makes you obviously think more blood, which is mm-hmm. fitting for bloodbath. Um, I think this is the point, too, when Dandy uh, proposes this to Gloria, that Gloria, f- like, finally comes to full terms uh, with her, you know, her son and not being able to, you know, she's finally stuck in a position where she's not going to be able to protect him or save him anymore and, as we learn later mm-hmm. on, she's like, I just, I'm out of love now. I can't, I, yeah. You know. mm-hmm. And, and so, well, and it, it, so that's coming up really quickly at this point, you know, we next see Gloria planning to flee to Europe. And it was unclear to me at first, whether she's planning to take Dandy with her or whether she's planning to run away. Mm-hmm. I what think did she was, you feel I think she was trying this? to bring him with, with her. Like she was trying to get him away from yeah. all the, before he got in trouble for any of the stuff he's done basi- right, basically, right. or maybe take him somewhere where he won't be, doing although you assume wherever they go he would continue to murder yeah um but she is she on the phone with the psychiatrist at this point i think and he basically says if they try to run he'll be committed or he he was basically saying that again kind of threatening that dandy was going to be committed here i Mm -hmm. didn't quite follow that train of logic but at this point on the phone she just fires the psychiatrist on the spot like she's she's done analyzing it's like time for action um and then of course we have the big scene Mm-hmm. Uh, Dandy kind of catches her packing and planning to leave. Uh, and we, we get a little backstory on Gloria that we didn't really have before. I mean, it's been hinted at. Mm-hmm. Um, but now Dandy says, I was born of deadly sin. And what, it, so, I mean, why don't you go over, what did he mean by that? Yeah. So he, he finds out, um, that Gloria, his mother married her second cousin, I believe. And he's, so he's the product of, you know, an incestual, relationship right so a second cousin would be for instance like your great um i think it'd be like your great uncle's um your great uncle's 
It's your daughter. Par- or, I mean, yeah, it's your parents' cousin, right? Your parents' mm-hmm. first cousin, right? Yeah. Um, so it's pretty close on the family tree. Yeah, a lot of, um, lot, of lot of common genetics there, <laughs> right? So Dandy's saying that that's partly responsible for kind of his why he's being messed up, yeah, broken. And the other part being, uh, he. I mean, we don't know exactly. We don't know the details again, but he says you knew what Daddy did to those little girls, mm-hmm. um, which is obviously implying what we already knew that Dad was. Uh, some kind of creepy serial killer, maybe a sex offender too. Mm-hmm, we don't really, mm-hmm. I mean, that's what I kind of took um, from it. Yeah. But the reason that Gloria married him is because he had money. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he throws in this line, you're no better than the Roosevelt's. Yeah. <laughs> and then she takes offense to that and says, no, don't say it. Um, so they're trying, they're kind of trying to put humor in there too, but it's, I mean, it's an intense scene. And Gloria says, you know, she never really loved, you know, Dandy's father, but she's always loved Dandy. And I love all of you, Dandy, even the madness, mm-hmm. but I have no more love to give. Mm-hmm. What do you, right. and, and so what did, what goes on in Dandy's mind when she says that, that he does what he does next? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I don't know, because obviously we know what he ultimately does, but how he gets from A to B after that statement, I think maybe he realizes his, his mom is now a loose end mm-hmm. and is not you know, won't do everything to protect him and is willing to maybe turn him in or have him committed or whatever. Um, so he knows his mother's no longer 100% on his side. I think that's a great point. And I think that it's also important to note, maybe I think he's probably taking this as her saying, I'm not going to kill Regina, you know? Yes, exactly. It's saying, you know, like, I'm not going to cover your for mm-hmm. you anymore, basically. Right. I don't have that love to give mm-hmm. uh, that effort for yep. you. Yeah. You've used it all up, buddy. And so he puts the gun to his own head, and then she says, don't shoot. And he says, okay, I'll shoot you in, yeah. instead, basically. And he shoots her right in the head. Did that surprise you? Um, it kind of did I, but uh, at first. But then when it happened, I was like, oh, wow, so he is going to do that. But when it happened, I was like, yeah, I'm not surprised. I don't know. When, qu- question for you. When he mm-hmm. first asked Gloria to kill Regina, did you think she was going to do it? No, I knew she wouldn't. I mean, she yeah. might attempt it, but I don't think she would ever be able to go through with it. But... And I know I just said I was surprised by it now, but now thinking back to when I saw the episode, I was not surprised at all that he killed his mom. Yeah. Yeah, it did kind of seem like that was coming for a while. And Um, my first thought was, wow, Ryan Murphy really does hate mothers. (laughs) Well, we have two very interesting killings in this episode Mm -hmm. of like... Mother figures. Yeah, um, mother figures and of people who are like in, you know, in some kind of, have some kind of close bond to Mm -hmm. each other. Um, which is kind of tragic. Right. And so obviously the episode ends with Dandy taking a bath in what we assume to be his mother's blood. That's One thing lot. I want to point out here, <laughs> the body has five liters. I looked at this. The body yeah, has five liters too. of blood in it, which is 1.3 gallons. So that's a milk jug and a third, right, um, of blood. That bath clearly had like six or seven or eight gallons of blood. Yeah. So either he diluted that with bloodbath with water, or he killed he, like, hella been, other people. Oh yeah, and it's just been like stockpiling blood. Yeah, so he could have this bloodbath. What's the symbol? Like, what is the symbolism of himself washing himself in his mother's blood? <sighs> what do you think? I mean, you got to think that there's some kind of imagery here with like being born in birth. You know, like mm. she gave birth to him, and he's like blaming her for like, you know giving birth to a defective child basically because mm-hmm. of these things she's done. And now he's like being reborn in her death as like, mm, like this that. murderous 
crazy person, you know? He's finally transitioned to be full-fledged psycho. Exactly. Killer. So, intense storyline, and obviously, I don't know about you, I'm super sad to see Gloria go because she's had, again, Francis Comer with the excellent one-liners. Yep. Um, yep. But I mean, she so had to good. go one way or another. I could have seen, I could have maybe seen her like trying to poison Regina, not actually yeah. like killing her with this, like stabbing her or something like that, yeah. but kind of like a, secretly trying to kill her. But, you know, at the, in the end, she, whatever, you know, moral <laughs> compass she had in remain, she was able to keep it intact for herself, I guess. But yeah, sad end to a great character. Um, Actually, so let's I'm, move on I'm to, reading my notes right now, and after I wrote, while well, Ryan Murphy hates his mom, I wrote, called it, meaning like, yeah, I totally saw her dying. <laughs> I knew it was going to happen. Yeah, you did. I was not yeah. surprised. I don't know why I said that. No, I mean, it, it kind of fit. You know, I think if we looked at their, like, trajectory of their relationship from when yeah. it started in this season, it's not, yeah, it's not a huge surprise. Now, part B I want to talk about yep. is... The uh, basically the other killing, uh, which was starts at the freak show, as everyone's looking searching for Lapetit, the search party, and and what they end up finding, of course, is just a bloody dress mm-hmm. um, that Dell is so quick to say it looks like a coyote. Mm-hmm. So uh, clearly, he went and tore it up a little bit and bloodied it and threw it in yep. the woods, which I mean, so sad. Yeah. Um, can't help but think that's going to come back though, and Dell's going to reveal oh, himself to be yeah. You know, it's going to be clear that he did it, but question for you at this point is elsa's grief for real you know she i I, ethel's doubting it at this point are you doubting it with her i was not no i i genuinely thought that's how she was because and a a lot of the theme of this episode is the loss of innocence i think and no one is truly innocent in this whole show with the exception of ma petite who is the one innocent person and i think um uh, elsa even says that she is like she has like the light of god in her (laughs) or something like that uh, yeah. But yeah, I, 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 I and I wrote, I, I was really happy we get to see Elsa mourn. Uh, so I, I, I thought it was real. Did you? I did too, because I kind of got the impression that of all the freaks in the freak show, Mopetite seemed to be the only one that Elsa really sincerely cared about always. Mm-hmm. Like we never saw her really disparage her and like right. was always very kind. I Prepare mean, we do get the scene that Ethel um, right. endures. The flashback. The flashback. But um, otherwise it's, yeah, you know everything we've seen right. has led us to believe that Elsa really did care about Mopetite. But obviously Ethel, like we said, mm-hmm. um, who's been drinking, and she does think that Elsa's yeah. responsible. Um, so they have quite the. It was so nice to see Mopetite, even if it was in that flashback. Yeah, I know where she rides um, a little bike in, or the horse carriage, or forget what it was, and yeah, you, yeah, like like you mentioned, you see. Well, right. So Ethel says, "All that matters to you is the aura of the mm-hmm. crowd," and then we obviously yep. have the scene where um, basically. Mapati kind of upstages Elsa and she mm-hmm. gets pissed and stomps off stage. Just yeah. like, you know, we've seen her act like a baby every time anyone yep. very slightly takes her spotlight. Um, and Ethel wonders, you know, why she herself ever has loved Elsa, you know, mm-hmm. what brought her to it. And I mean, obviously they have a complicated relationship because in some ways Elsa saved her from, and she loves to remind Despair. everyone that she saved them. She has a big time messiah complex. It's true. She saves them, and then she's going to hold it over their head constantly. Mm-hmm. I gave you a family. Yeah, uh, and you know Ethel kind of counters that here by saying, "You are our mother. You understand the pain of being rejected by your mother, your own mother." Yeah, which is odd to me too because 
you know, Ethel is old enough that she's kind of a mother figure for a lot of those people as well. And and Elsa kind of treats her not as one of the children, but as kind of a more of a comrade, albeit a under Peter. her, but more mm-hmm. of a, you know, someone as an adult. Well, and I mean, in some ways, Ethel's kind of acted as a servant to Elsa, the way she's, you know, making her food and stuff like that. I mean, she feels indebted to her because I think that up until the, up until this, all this stuff had went down, she felt like Elsa was the one that saved her, which I'm sure Elsa was quick to remind her all the time. Exactly. Yep. And so maybe she was brainwashed by that, but... Um, and so, you know, Ethel, Ethel reveals that she'd overheard the stuff about the twins being gone and, um, you know, is very suspicious of Elsa and ends up pulling a gun on her. Mm-hmm. And now she shoots her, but it doesn't – either she's a bad – has bad aim. She is drunk. We can keep thinking that through. Or she's not shooting to kill. She's just shooting to maim. To stop but her. Regardless, she right, regardless, she her shoots leg. her in the false leg. And then kind of comes the dawning, the revelation, the understanding for Ethel, at least, although we already know mm-hmm. that Elsa is in her own way a freak too. Mm-hmm. Um, and Elsa says to her, I love you because I understand you, mm-hmm. even though you don't understand me at all. Now, quick talk about this flashback. We get another flashback of Elsa's and it's the return of Danny Houston, which many will remember as the, yes, the X-Man from uh, Kevin. But here he is a, a doctor who I think his name is like Massimo is what I, I wrote forget, down. But he's not like he takes care of it, but he's like a, he's like not a doctor. He's not he's like, really. He's like a prop he's, artist. He's type. not. Yeah, he's not really a doctor, but he like he kind of helps take care of her yeah. and heal her back to health. But right. mainly the, the main thing he does is, yeah, he's a prop maker for yeah. plays. And he makes her these false legs. And I was going to ask you, did you get like this very uh, like Pinocchio sense with oh, what was going yeah. on here? Like That's she funny. was Pinocchio and he yeah, was her of those, Geppetto kind of. Especially those, the finish on the wooden legs that she first gets. Yeah. very like that. What was the point of this flashback? Because it seems a little bit... Well, I, I was trying to wonder how yeah. it advanced the story. I think part of it is we're finding out that Elsa hasn't told anyone about her deformity Mm -hmm. um and if anyone would know it should be ethel and ethel doesn't know so that means nobody knows yes um yeah so anyway so i think that's part of it and then the other part is maybe to to get to garner more sympathy for elsa again i guess or come to the realization of why maybe she has this messiah complex because she was saved now she wants to save others yeah I think that's I think that's probably because at this point I was trying to think well why are we you know how's this advancing the plot right now with Ethel and Elsa but I think that really makes sense yeah um, is that we're kind of you know especially in conjunction with what Elsa says about how you don't really know me yeah um, and it's kind of like you know this it's just big more details on that big reveal kind of for Ethel um so but apparently that doesn't seem to sway. Ethel. Mm-hmm. She says that, you know, she is still going to kill Elsa and then she's going to kill herself. Mm-hmm. Um, but one last nip. Yeah, one last toast together. Uh, you know, Ethel says no one is innocent anymore after I think Elsa says something about, Elsa about how Mopati represented innocence. Like, like mm-hmm. you said, a, a big theme in this episode. So she goes, Elsa goes to get the drink and grabs the knife and nails, nails Ethel in the face. Right in the eye. Uh, A couple things here. First of all, I'd like to note fucking perfect aim, Mm -hmm. which makes you think back to Paul Paul. and think that was no accident. Mm -hmm. She knew very well what she was doing. and She was trying to kill him. Same thing. Yep. Two. 
another big death of another big character. Mm-hmm. Did, did this one surprise you? Um, it caught me off guard, but when it happened, I actually was a little disappointed in myself because I didn't feel very much. I thought Ethel was being a little ridiculous. <laughs> um, and I don't, I mean, obviously she's like, I overheard that you talking about the twins and wanting to kill them. And, and she's drunk. Yeah. yeah, she's drunk. I think this was a really stupid call. And she seems to have no regard for how her son will deal with this. She's like, oh, I left him a note. Like, yeah. I don't know. It, I, 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 I was, I didn't feel very much. I was like, oh, okay. Well, Ethel's dead. This one felt, yeah, more abrupt. Um, mm-hmm. Not the end I expected for Ethel, you know, especially after we kind of set her up with the illness and everything like that mm-hmm. versus um, Glorious, which I would say while still like shocking in its way was like you could, we could have called that you one see it pretty, coming, like yeah. how it happened. Yeah. Um, so a little bit of contrast here and there. Uh, and then obviously we see Elsa like stage a fake suicide. Yeah. I like the way Which that is they really shot this too. Gruesome. Yeah. yeah, you know, Maggie finds it in the woods. Yep. Uh, well, we, you, want, you want to talk about that? Yeah, that so first that? thing we get is we see uh Maggie coming in crying and telling everyone what she saw. And then Elsa does her insane overacting. <laughs> and this is what we see <laughs> yeah. it was so absurd. It was yes, so it was. it was really funny. It was so it was really like funny. she overacts it so much that um that even Jimmy and his mom's dead. He goes and like tries to comfort <laughs> Elsa. Anyway, but I like the way they show it because then they show so they so we're we're at present time and then we get the flashback to when Maggie uh, comes across uh, the car accident, and then we get and then we go back even further to when with Stanley and uh, Elsa staging the uh, the actual suicide. Well, and they're making it look like she wrapped a chain around her neck and, and then drove. drove away from it. That seems like the so, most horrible. I know. That's a really way elaborate to... way to stage a suicide. Yeah. Um, was... I, oh, man. I, I will say I love the um, the uh, the irony. Maybe it's not irony, but the, the, the fact that Ethel, Kathy Bates, her character in now Coven and in um, uh, Freak Show has been decapitated <laughs> that's right oh God, man i didn't think about that so maybe for all we know maybe ethel's head is still sticking around smart maybe you know what maybe uh i was gonna, stanley is, took the head to that send is it over the, to the museum. that was my question i wrote at the end of the show i was gonna ask you do you think he's taking ethel's head because she has the beard to the museum uh, totally yeah. totally he is uh, a couple things to note about him here too one clearly he has experience with Cleaning up messes. Um, he's, I, yeah. I, I read this on he TV has a, Club, but he's like the Olivia Pope of uh, the 1950s. He's, a fi- he's, he's like a fixer. Yep. He clearly has a very shady past. And we do, I, I want to learn more about what his background is. Because he has very shady. Nothing seems to bother him. At yeah. least Dell was like, you know, really toiling with doing this stuff. He, Stanley's I mean, just cold hearted. Yeah, but the problem is he's not really crazy. He's not like he's crazy like Dandy. It's just right. like he, he's just very icy and logical, and it's all about the money. Kind yep. of. So, um, but of course he's he's continuing to play the part about how he's protecting his star, mm-hmm. which is Elsa. hilarious. And Elsa's still buying it. She is. Um, yeah, that that morning her the death was just so ridiculous. Yeah. So then we have the funeral. Right, right. I love so the, the music yeah. during the funeral. 
So the freaks are bearing Ethel. Important to note that Elsa's not there because Jimmy confronts Elsa about mm-hmm. this later. Right. Um, just so many burials this season. A lot of funeral scenes. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yep. And I think that um, – is it Jimmy that reads an Emily Dickinson poem? Mm-hmm. Because he's um, one used to love it. And I – I, I didn't know. I thought he said 22 is what he was reading. And then I went and looked it up and it didn't seem right. So I maybe I got the number wrong. If someone can find that right poem, post it on the Facebook wall. That'd be awesome. Yeah, but, that would be cool. I mean, obviously the interesting thing about Emily Dickinson was that she was basically a hermit and didn't, you know, she was agoraphobic, didn't like to go out and kind of be around people. And I guess, you know, um, the freaks are kind of that way, not by choice, but by, you know, that was kind of, in a way, her fear, her rational fear has kind of made Emily Dickinson a quote-unquote freak mm-hmm. um, right. of, of her own. And so maybe that's why Ethel related to her. Yeah, that's possibly. So um. interesting. Now let's follow. Elsa was not at the funeral because – okay, first of all, I wrote that she has a bedemoned bag. Meaning that she has a demon like stitched, like stitched oh, into the yeah, side of her, her bag. Did you notice thing? that? I didn't. I, yeah, I, you know, I remember the shot, but I, I don't know why I wasn't paying attention. But this is when you're talking about when she goes to pick up uh, Barbara. Right. She goes to recruit this new freak, quote unquote. Freak. Yeah. Um, who's that? It's basically like a fat camp or something like that, or yeah, like a retreat. A weight loss to, retreat. Yeah. Place. Um, why? Why is she doing this right now? I don't know. That's that's, that's a really good question. I have no idea. I mean, we kind of get the um, when she talks when Elsa talks to Jimmy later about like why she brought Barbara. She says something along the lines of, "You know, you're these the big bosoms going to feel good when you need a mother to talk cry on." Or I forget giving you a bosom to cry on, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, she needs she another ta- mother figure or something, but I don't know. And then she taunts her with that candy bar. Oh. Which is, I mean, yeah, it just made me. It made me so like. Uh, already, Elsa. you know, yeah, not a fan of Elsa, but that's just, it, I didn't like that. Yeah. Um, and then talks, you know, calls this girl, Barbara, a hedonist, a mm-hmm. lover of the physical world, um, and is going to entice her, you know, come come to some place where you can eat all you want and fit in. Mm-hmm. So Elsa brings her back to um, the big top where Jimmy is basically drowning his mother's sorrows. Mm-hmm. And... Tries so interesting. I didn't really this conversation that Elsa and Jimmy have. She slaps the bottle out of his hand and basically gets mad at him for like being so sad about his mother being dead. Mm-hmm. And it's like I raised you just as much as your mother did. She was hardly there for you. Yeah. It's like what is what a bitch. I yeah, mean, yeah, dang lady. This, this guy's mom just mom died. Just died. <laughs> and really, it's not and like you killed her. <laughs> Yeah, and you killed her, and it's not like we've ever really seen you be motherly or nice to Jimmy, I feel like. Right. She, I feel like even since the beginning, she's always been kind of an ass to Jimmy. Mm-hmm. Um, there's always been some tension there. So, um, continue to think shitty about her, but then she introduces Barbara's new name, I'm a Wiggles, um, in her giant feast, um, which was just kind of sad. Uh, and, you know, they're kind of arguing here, Jimmy and Elsa, and Elsa's saying that Ethel lives because the show will always go on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Jimmy's basically saying, "The show's over. You know, You're too late. The show's over. People aren't coming to the freak show anymore. This is a dying world. Mm-hmm. We can't. You know, it's kind of that old versus new, mm-hmm. which Elsa clearly seems to have trouble with. And you know, going back to her trouble, like getting into the idea of being on TV versus being in the movies, which is also interesting that she keeps saying the show's going to go on because she's in her mind, isn't she still thinking she's going to leave to be on TV? Yep. 
So not really sure yet why she's still so invested in going to get new freaks and keeping this up. Maybe she is hedging her bets or something like that. But Stanley seems to keep her hopes up Yep. at this point. Anyway, um, yeah, so he says, <laughs> I put a big WTF next to the part where Elsa tells him he should comfort, com- find comfort in Ima's, Ima Wiggle's bosom instead <laughs> mm-hmm. of his own mother's. Uh, so the kind of this line, this thread of the story ends with Maggie and Jimmy having a confrontation. Um, she wants him to sober up and, and take charge. So that way maybe they can finally leave like she's always wanted. Yeah. But he's, he's just like, mad at everybody and he just yeah. wants to drink. And he says, you know, it's never going to work. No, you know, I, you'll never understand me and you don't want to be burdened with me. You know, so get get lost. Yeah, and so she does, and then he he ends he ends the episode by be, drunkenly stumbling over and crying on the on that bosom, on Barbara. Which, uh, man, I mean, maybe what we're just supposed to see is like here is that you know Jimmy lacked a sufficient mother figure. Maybe Elsa was never, or Ethel was never, um, you know, gave him the proper comfort, and that's why mm-hmm. he's kind of feeling this now that she's gone. I don't know. Do you have any ideas? Nah, just just that Elsa was right. <laughs> that he would yeah, need to cry. True. And then mm-hmm. it gets him obviously coping with his mother's death. And again, I don't know what it's really weird because he doesn't know this lady at all. <laughs> he goes up and starts putting his head on her boobs. But yeah. Well, I mean, in this episode, I guess so much of it is about nurturing your, your child. Mm-hmm. Um, looking at Gloria and Dandy and then obviously thinking about uh, Ethel and Jimmy. And so, you know, maybe this is just commentary about the importance of that, you know, and the right. importance of a mother, mother son relationship. Um, but also how it can screw with you, I guess. So it'll be interesting to see where that, um, you know, what happens between Jimmy and Maggie going forward, um, whether Elsa's going to have to continue to take out other freaks. Maybe she's going to try to track down the twins and kill them next. Um, this is the question I want to ask you, though. We talked about two big deaths here. Which of these deaths on the show will you feel more, like, has more gravity going forward? The disappearance of Gloria or the disappearance of Ethel? Gloria, I think. Because Gloria is, like, unleashing the beast that mm-hmm. Dandy will become. Um, and Ethel, we wrestled with her as a character from the beginning. At first, we were bored with her. And then she had the one episode with uh, Edward Mordrake. And that was, mm-hmm. I thought that was her most compelling. It was humanizing, yeah. Yeah. And then after that, um, her with her doctor and when she bonded with Desiree and they went to the doctor together, I liked her then. And then after that, I just, I don't know. Like I, like I said, when she died, I was like, meh, all right. She's dead. Yeah. It, it, it didn't emotionally resonate like maybe I, I wish it could have. Because mm-hmm. I do like, I, I mean, I, I, kudos to Kathy Bates. And oh, yeah. Certainly yeah. interesting accent. And, yeah. Um, and we did come to like that character more. But yeah. I do think I liked I liked Gloria as a character more. She was a more intriguing character. Yeah. And I think that her – I like how her death is going to, yeah, basically – Catalyze a lot of <laughs> crazy stuff. The newly born-in-blood yeah. serial killer that is Standy Mott. Um, the other day – I don't know if I ever told you this, but I was reading another blog. And um, like – they make fun of everything, uh, and they were talking about something silly on uh, on Freak Show, and uh, I forget what it was, but they said, "Oh, and yada yada on uh, on American Horror Story, American Horror Story accents." <laughs> you know how it's, instead of like Freak Show, like, colon 
yeah. accents because there's so many accents in this show. That's stupid. I didn't tell that right, but I thought it was funny. Yes, there are. <laughs> there. Well, I mean, we have Elsa. We mm-hmm. have Ethel, obviously. Gloria we has have, a weird one. Gloria has like a um, refined, refined accent. Mm-hmm. Um, also. Mappetit. Jimmy kind of has an accent too, a little bit. Mm-hmm. Obviously, my petite had an accent. Uh, Paul has an accent, so mm-hmm. you're right. There yeah. is, there, American Horror Story accents. accents. <laughs> <laughs> That's season five. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, so speaking of Desiree and kind of how that oh, yeah. was, she gives her little um, feminist relationship. Right. She gives a really great eulogy um, to Ethel, and you know, talks about how she was a survivor since the day she was born, and it gets everybody worked up, and they all kind of get worked up to go. Take out Penny's dad for mm-hmm. kind of what he he did to her. They're going to go, you Team know, Spice take Girls. revenge for all. The, yeah, for this um, the injustice that has faced women, but specifically freak freakish women mm-hmm. yeah. since the beginning of time. So, yeah, just, this was really great. Um, you know, not in my house. Man, need, the man needs to pay. So they're they're going to go attack Daddy. So uh, you know, they prepare their weapons. They concoct a bucket of tar. Mm-hmm. And I kind of liked how they had um, the woman who's just kind of what is I always forget her name who's just the the torso. Um, Lucy, how they have her, uh, um, legless Lucy is it? Legless Lucy, that's right. How do they have her kind of you know utilize her her ability? I guess Susie, sorry, legless crawl, Susie, legless Susie to sorry. crawl through the window and unlock the door. Yeah, and. We see Dad get in his room getting ready for bed, and I don't know if you noticed this, but they're playing the, they're playing a song that has mm-hmm. lyrics: "Don't dare call me Daddy again." Mm-hmm. Great. So he's he's kind of in there like living up his badass self for beating up or for like getting destroying his, his daughter's daughter, life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, grabs a shotgun from under the bed, and they take him out pretty easily as mm-hmm. uh, they beat him over the <laughs> over the head. And they drag him back to Dell's trailer, where apparently Dell's missing. I'm sure. I guess we'll figure out where he's been after this. Yeah. Maybe he's taken the head up to oh, the yeah. museum for Stanley or something like that. Um, but he's mostly naked and tied up, and we find out they're going to tar and feather him, mm-hmm. um, which I guess is in in a way making him uh, a f- freak to mm-hmm. some degree too. Um, looks probably painful. That tar oh looks pretty God. hot. Ooh. And. You know, Desiree's just on a roll here. Oh, she's you know, great, yeah. That was that was chicken shit. We're going to make you look the part. Yep. We're going to cut your dick off. And then yeah. she's just going on and on about all the, the stuff head. you're going to do to you. <laughs> um, and Penny even wants to be the one to dump the tar herself. Right. And they kind of start going. And we kind of have this weird revenge fantasy going on mm-hmm. when uh, Maggie overhears and comes running. Now, interesting scene here. You know, Maggie comes in and intervenes and says, is this what, you know, is this what it means to be a freak woman? Um, you know, basically saying, you know, the police are going to come after you if you do this. Now, what do you think motivates Maggie to that was my question. run why, into this? Yeah. Why is she the moral compass all of a sudden <laughs> when she's there scamming them to kind of, or initially? Uh, you know, was. and I, I, I was thinking of a couple of different potential reasons. I mean, maybe she's feeling guilty mm-hmm. um, for her own moral misgivings, and so she's trying to make up for it by influencing other people in mm-hmm. a positive way. Maybe. Um, or, you know, she just doesn't want... Maybe she's worried about the police, you know, drawing too much attention, um, yep. having an investigation taking place where, you know, they're still trying to steal more freaks. You know, I'm still curious to learn more about how she's indebted to Stanley because mm-hmm. I think that'll right. tell us a we lot more about We need their background. How, 
Yeah. Um, but whatever, I mean, I don't feel like she gave a really incredibly compelling speech. No. Um, but somehow, you know, they they take note of it and they decide to let him live. And, you know, frankly, I was a little bit disappointed um, just because – I do, you know they're say, they're basically saying to the you know the dad like now you've learned your lesson but he doesn't seem like the type to have like learned his lesson mm-hmm. I could see him just like nursing his wounds and then trying to come kick some ass right again or, or going right. to the police or you know something like that. Um, so when do you think? Well, when they do let him go and uh, Eve's hands are on his head and then she with the mitts and then she pulls them off and it like rips his skin off. I was like, Wah! oh yeah, crazy. that was that was pretty gross. We've had a lot of the yeah, that was really. Like hard to watch, cringeworthy mm-hmm. kind of scenes this season. But so we see two interesting. We we have two threads end with death, mm-hmm. and one end in life, I guess. Right. And, um, so interesting that you know the two women are the ones who it's two women who die, but it's the woman, the group of freak women who decide to let right. the man live. But, right. I don't know. Overall, overall, I mean, what do you make of this episode? Where do we go forward from yeah, here? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I, I, we've mentioned this a few times. I think we've finally unleashed um, Dandy. Mm-hmm. Uh, that being said, I'm so pumped that Regina is there because she's going to be hot on his trail. Mm-hmm. I hope she makes it to the end because she seems like the only like level-headed, reasonable person in this in this uh, um, universe of American Horror Story. Uh, freak show mm-hmm. um and then as far as the <coughs> as far as the um w- um where the actual the, the freak show tent is those people i think are gonna start catching on obviously the twins are gonna have to come back at some point and they're also gonna start catching on to uh what stanley i think is up to because mm-hmm. we only have five episodes left yeah and he's gonna need to get his come up into some sort and then elsa I don't know. You know, I think a lot more was catalyzed with Gloria's death than Ethel's death. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. But um, well, ultimately, I give this episode three point seven five. Three and three quarters. Uh, sad clowns. What do you? What do you? Gotcha. What do you make of it? So, as a summation, sad to see both Ethel and Gloria go. Mm-hmm. Um, was was kind of not entirely happy with the way we lost Ethel. Um, but I'll, I'll miss the character. I will. I came to like her more. Gloria. I'll miss her too, but her death, like we said, made more sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I think going forward, what we're going to see, as you mentioned, is is going to, I would assume, is the convergence more of these stories. Right, yeah. Because um, it seems now that kind of the dandy plotline has existed outside of the freak show now for a while. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, yeah. you had the twins come and leave and stuff like that. But, I mean, he's kind of the X factor now. I mean, obviously, he's going to be dealing with Regina too, but it makes you wonder, is he going to go start murdering freaks? Kind of what's his, his role going to be? And I think you're right. I think we're going to have to... Um, see more of Stanley and Maggie's backstory coming out and more about, you know, people finally kind of finding out the truth about them and maybe Jimmy coming to terms with what Maggie really is and Elsa coming to terms with what Stanley really is and those kind of things. Right. So what do you give it? I would 3.5, I think. Okay. I think it's a 3.5 for me. So what is that? Um, six, seven, seven point two five. Seven and a quarter. Yep. So I would say, Obviously, I mean, we can't say that it was slow and that there weren't big things yeah. that happened. Yeah. Um, there were. I think that we just kind of had mixed feelings about them. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. But curious, yeah, to see how things kind of converge now. Um, unfortunately, I didn't uh, get to see the previews for what's what's coming up. So I guess we kind of just 
you know, base it on speculation from what we've already talked about. Right. Um, so yeah, we'll get to see more of Regina. We know and see where things go from here. I'm sure there's more deaths to come, but that, yeah. Bloodbath was apt as mm-hmm. a name. Yeah. Word. Uh, so my friend, where can people, uh, hear more from you this week? Sure. I'm on Instagram and Twitter at Chris Husted. What about you? Find me on Twitter and Instagram at TJMoss11. As always, we like you to continue the conversation with us at Facebook.com slash This American Horror Story Podcast. Email us at This American Horror Story at gmail.com. And finally, critique us, uh, compliment us, hate on us, review us. <laughs> we, we prefer you don't hate on us, but if, if you really need to. Yeah. And um, you hate us, everything else. Us email. Yeah. <laughs> at, um, uh, on iTunes or Stitcher. Uh, this American Horror Story podcast. Again, uh, thank you guys for joining us, and um, we'll talk to you next week. Happy hauntings. Mississippi putting it down. I'm the hottest round. I told you I'm uh, Y'all can't stop me now. Listen to me now. I'm lasting 20 rounds. And if you want me, then come on, get me now. Is you with me now? Then biggie, biggie bounce. I know you dig the way I switch my style. Hello. People sing around. Now people gather around. Now people jump around. Get your freak on. Get your freak on.